You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. church. Hey, thanks for uh, praying for us last Sunday at C3 Spectrum up at uh, the Bay. Those guys are real champions. Planted their church over three decades ago and they're still there just pumping, going strong, reaching into their community, which is great. Next Sunday morning, we're at C3 People. If you're not sure what that is, that's C3 Merriweather. So I I say to them, if you're people, then what are we, the other people? And uh, anyway, we're there next Sunday morning. So yeah, going to be great. We had a good time at the marriage retreat. If you haven't been, you should go. It's awesome. We've been there the last couple of days. Joy and Ian did a great job organizing it. And Darren and Beck, pastors Darren and Beck did a great job hosting it. And uh, pastors Chris and Ruth Brown were at their church in a few weeks down at Central Coast. They got a real grace on their lives for building into marriages. Hey, can I say from the get-go that I'm believing and expecting God to move in amazing ways this morning. Yeah, one person is expecting. That's good. Um, He's up to something. I want to tell you right now, God is up to something. It's in the atmosphere. Something is shifting. Last week, some of our young people literally had uh, visions of angelic hosts here in the service. Now, you go, ah, yeah, come on. I don't know about that. Listen to me. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14 tells us that God sends them to attend to God's people. Psalm says that he encamps, the angel of the Lord encamps around about those who fear him. When God is about to do something, he shifts these messengers into place, not only for our protection, but also for an outbreak of something in the heavenlies. And and this is happening right now, people. And even, even last night, somebody sent me an email. They said they were praying for this morning. They said, I saw the Holy Spirit moving over the darkness of creation and then moving, hovering, brooding over the church this Sunday morning and our people to experience the same power that happened at creation. God is up to something, right? You believe that? God is up to something. And you need to position yourself to get ready for that this morning. You can experience a move of God if you will allow the Holy Spirit to stir your faith when the message is being given. You can switch off, you can do whatever, you can go on social media, get your device out. But I'll tell you, if you will lock in and you will see what God is doing, He will do it in your world if you're ready. Faith comes by hearing the Word. There is a release of faith that can only happen when the Word of God goes forth. And I'm telling you, it's going to happen this morning. So why don't we pray and believe that? Father, I believe that you're stirring something. I believe there's something in the other realm, the spirit realm, that is moving, shifting at work even here this morning. God, even if we can't see it, we know it and we experience it just like the wind. The power is evident and available. And God, we want to thank you that you're a father who gives good gifts to your children. So Father, I believe you're going to pour out good things here this morning. God, we're expectant as we wait upon you. Those that wait upon you get new strength. And God, I'm believing through the the grace and the power of your word that God, encounters all over this building are gonna happen. We've already, Lord, we've already locked into that thing where your promises are yes and amen, and they're coming this day. 
And so, Father, I believe that this is a day that you have made that we're going to rejoice in all that you're going to do. And, God, for every life, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we've been through, no matter what we're facing, God, I believe there is an encounter with you this morning, the living God. I want to thank you. You're ready and willing to do far more than we could even imagine according to your power at work within us. So, God, I, I believe faith is rising. I believe the, the, the spirit realm is moving. God, I believe that you're a father who, is, as it says in Ephesians 4, you are pouring out gifts upon your church. So, God, we wait upon you for great things this morning. God, but we expect in you great things this morning because you're an awesome God. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, it's going to be great this morning. You're going to get something from God. Thanks, guys. We'll get you back in a little bit. Are you ready this morning? Are you warm enough? Uh, some are. Not down the front. They shut the doors for you. Well, the tea's nice and warm. Hey, uh, Pastor Knight set a good platform last week, kicking off one of our signature series, which is Freedom. And I heard he did a super job, right? You convinced? Come on, guys. Warm up. Excellent. Who said that? Good. Awesome. Because he's a good preacher, right? He is. He preaches with passion and revelation and exhortation for us just to go higher. I think he's a good preacher. Come on. Which is good. And I think he set a good platform by showing us last week in communion the shadow that you see in the Passover. The Passover was a shadow. It wasn't complete. You know what a shadow is? It, it's, it's, it's a kind of a reflection of something bigger than itself and greater than itself. And the Passover shows a greater reality, which is the cross. And in the cross, our freedom was secured. Period. You don't fight for freedom. You fight from freedom. I don't fight you know, so that I can win the war, I just fight for these little skirmishes that happen day by day because the decision of the war has been won, period. And so our freedom, listen, our freedom is not our destination any more than getting out of bondage was, com was the completion for the children of Israel. Freedom is not our completion. Freedom is a process. A and just as they were the people of promise, listen, we are destined to live higher. Hear me on this. The freedom that Christ secured for us was a launching pad to something greater. The, the work of the Spirit and freedom leads to something more. The goal for our lives doesn't end with freedom. The goal of our lives is to be changed by freedom and constantly change. Because listen, here's the deal. I don't want to just stop something. I don't want something to just cease in my world. Imagine if the children of Israel, which they did for 40 years, got across the, the, the Red Sea, and all of a sudden they just stopped. And they did. And they died. Except for a new generation. I, I don't want to just stop from thinking wrong thoughts. I want to be a person who thinks what's right. I, I don't want to just stop from, and, and it might shock you, but I don't want to just stop from hating somebody who's hurt me. Yeah, I battle with that. I'm human. I, I, I want to be a person who loves those who've wronged me. I, that's not natural. That's got to be a change. And, and I don't want to stop acting in ways that are detrimental. I, I want to be a person who lives in ways that are not only beneficial for me, but for everybody around me. I don't want to just stop something. I want to become something. And that's what freedom does. But here's the kicker. 
I can't do these things by the power of my will, even as strong as that is. And Janet will tell you, I've got a strong will. I'm surprised nobody said amen. Thank you. Um, and, it, and it doesn't happen just because I can change my mind. Listen, the, the, the most positive new ager can change their thinking. It's not just because I change my thinking, even though that needs to change. What happens is I can choose to allow the Holy Spirit to work in me so I am completely changed. So that I am different than what I used to be. Did you know that's what transformation means? The very word metamorphosis is the word transformation in the Bible, which literally means change from one form to another. So that when they look at that, and then they look at this, and they go, that's not the same person, is it? What happened to them? And this is so evident in the, in the passage that Paul writes to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. If you want to take your Bibles and turn there, um, I'm going to read it from the New King James. Um, and I'm going to get you to read it with me. But the deal is this, while you're turning there, this passage shows us the contrast of the old covenant to the new. The greater glory, the heading in my Bible says the greater glory of the new covenant. In the old covenant, the presence and the glory was only seen by Moses. In the new, it's seen by all of us. In the old covenant, the presence and the glory was only temporary, but in the new, it's permanent. In the old covenant, glory would come and go, it would fade. But in the new, the glory doesn't just come and stay, it increases, not fades. And Paul says it is far greater. And so we're going to read those incredible two verses that, uh, that Paul wrote. But I want to do something, I want to read it together, we can read it off the screen. Uh, but I, I, I want us to stand and read it. I want us to kind of get the blood flowing, believing that there's power in the Word of God. The same Spirit who lives in you is the Spirit who authored this Word, and He is the same Spirit that will cause an encounter this morning. Faith comes by hearing the Word, but there is something in declaring the Word. Pastor Chris was telling me yesterday that their church, very soon, is, uh, is going to take all the time it needs. I forget what it is. Was it a month or something like that? And for 12 hours every day during that month, they're going to read the Bible out loud somewhere in the Central Coast. They're going to choose. Different people will take a section. They are going to read the Word of God all the way from Genesis 1 to the end of Revelation to declare God's Word over the Central Coast. There is something powerful in the declaration of God's Word. When Ezra stood, at, they were trying to rebuild the walls and the temple, and Ezra stood... And he found the word of God that had been lost and hidden and he read it. You know what happened? Revival spontaneously broke out in the nation. So we're going to read this with all the faith we've got in the Spirit of God who authored this. Are you ready? We're going to read it. You're not going to follow me. We're going to read it together starting with the first word. Here we go. Now, the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face... Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Awesome. Come on, give a shout of praise to the Lord. Awesome. Have a seat. We've got this plastered on the wall upstairs in the Victory Center. And the thing is this. The first thing that we've got to have fixed in our heart and mind through this scripture is this, freedom is ours through the presence of the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Got it? So patronize me for a minute. 
Where is the Holy Spirit? Now, I know he's God. By the way, the Holy Spirit is never an it. Don't say that. The Holy Spirit is a person. You can actually grieve him. You can't grieve an it. You can't make an it sad. Um, The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He feels, he thinks, he decides, he chooses, he moves. He's just like a person, except for he's omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. And I know he's everywhere. He's omnipresent. But patronize me for a minute. Where is the Holy Spirit? I'm surprised Jim didn't shout out. Where are you, Jim? Yeah, he he couldn't stay quiet last two days at the marriage retreat. Where's the Holy Spirit, Jim? That's right. He's in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Got it? True. However, however, freedom doesn't happen just because he's inside of us. It belongs to us. Freedom happens because of faith and encounter. Hear me on this. It is imperative that I believe the Holy Spirit is in me. And you need to know that this is more than a doctrinal creed or belief. This isn't just a theological truth that I learned at college. This isn't some creed I quote verbatim, you know, by rote. This is, this is more than that. This is a personal conviction and a trust that I've got in my life that God lives in me. Right? And I've got to have my thinking aligned with what God says. Because I've heard people say, oh, it's okay for you, Keith. You've got the Holy Spirit and he does things in your world but not mine. Who told you that? God didn't tell you that. I don't see God say those who have pastor in front of their name have the Holy Spirit. So get close to them so you can get warm. (laughs) I don't hear the Holy Spirit saying, if you do this, I might show up. If you're that kind of person, I'll be with you. I don't hear that. I don't read that. Who told you that? We've got to align our thoughts with the Word of God. The deal is this. It's more than just a belief system. It is something in here. You know, I've got to align my thoughts with what God says to me and about me, not my thoughts shaped by other voices. Not even my own voice that can betray me sometimes. Oh, Keith, if you really were, and if God really was with you, you wouldn't do that. Have you ever had a thought like that? If you really were a believer, you wouldn't have done that. I'd like to take you through Hebrews chapter 11 today all the way through no I'm not going to do that it'd take a while and I didn't start my timer so I got another 40 minutes anyway um, (laughs) hmm. but here's the deal you go through what I call the hall of faith all these people that God said had faith had faith had faith they were liars stealers adulterers murderers quitters and yet God said they were people of great faith their sin didn't disqualify the presence of God Now, that doesn't mean we go out and sin. It is not a license to sin. It is saying that you're not qualified because you're sinless. And here's the deal. My own thoughts would even bring doubts and uncertainty and insecurity. Uh, I don't know if you picked up Erwin McManus's latest book, The Way of the Warrior. You should read it. Awesome book. He, he, He quotes this in there, which is an amazing thing. According to the laboratory of, sorry, American laboratory, of neuroimaging at the University of Southern California, the average human has around 48.6 thoughts per minute. 
gosh, that adds up to a total of almost 70 thoughts per day, meaning if you're on the lower end of the spectrum, you'll have about one thought every two seconds. If your brain is like mine, that never stops, in other words, compulsive, you'll have about a thought every second. Hallelujah. Give me rest, brain. Because the deal is this, guys. Our brain can either be a minefield of wrong thoughts that hinder us from living in the freedom that the Holy Spirit has given us, or it can be saturated with God's Word that breaks through into newer heights. It's one or the other. You know, His Word will bring transformation because it's not just a creed or a doctrine. It's not some theological point that I learned at college. It's actually an encounter that I have with a living God. You don't have to go to Bible college to have this encounter. It's not just a knowledge that the Holy Spirit lives in me and He speaks to me. It's knowing by experience that the God of freedom is living and working in here. That's the deal. And He's not just working. He's taking me upward and outward constantly. The steps of a good man, a good woman are ordered by the Lord. I used to think, yeah, yeah, step. Just one, just one, just, just one, just one. I don't think that's what He's saying. I think He's saying, just one, go up again. Just one, go up again. Just one, go. How come the steps have to be just in front of each other? Why can't they be above each other? Steps of a good man keep going up and out. Why? Because you have this encounter with the Holy Spirit in your devotions. I hope to God you don't just sit there and read and go, tick the box, three today. You wait, you listen, you experience. You spend time with it. It can take place when you're gathered with His people. I kind of believe that that ability for encounter increases when we're together. My body does better when it stays together. Like if my leg gets out of bed and the rest of the body doesn't, I'm going to hit the ground very quickly hard right and I think when the body is gathered together there is power and encounter so a number of years ago when I was trying to line my thoughts up with God's Word day after day I would just read the scriptures and I, I literally would speak them out over me I thought I gotta talk it out I gotta say it I'm a word person I've got to say it if you haven't figured that out and for some time it seemed as if nothing I'm speaking into a void my brain is just not stopping, and I, it's not getting through, and I'll read the word out loud, but my brain will be thinking something else. You ever been, you, you, have you ever been standing there praying in tongues? You know, and, and you're praying in tongues, but your brain's thinking about, what am I having for lunch? And you stop and go, ah, oh, that can't be God. That's so ungodly. So here I am sitting there, and I'm just, my brain is going everywhere, and I'm just, I'm, I'm speaking the word over me. And sometimes it'd go for two hours. Not because I'm godly, it's because I was desperate. And the truth was, even though it felt like I was just going through the motions, the truth is that I was filling my heart and mind with God's word, which was positioning me for a move of his spirit. And I was being, you know, it says in Ephesians 5 that Jesus takes his bride, his church, you and me, and, and he takes the word and he washes us with it. I was getting a bath even though I didn't know it. Didn't feel it. And then one day, like all other days, I started going through the practice of reading and speaking the word out loud. And I can't tell you why, I just told you the Holy Spirit came on me. It happened. I didn't do anything different. I just stayed disciplined. 
And all I can put it down to is that God knew that's the moment you were ready to meet me. I think you're clean. I think you're ready. And I approached his word with faith, and that led to an encounter. That can be yours. And not because I was striving. It's just I, I wasn't striving. I was just going through the motions. I was going through the motions with this. There's, the power isn't in the motion. The power is in the word. Because freedom is already ours. We need to believe it. We need to live it. We need to be changed by it. But the next thing we need to see in this passage and we need to understand is that freedom is a process by the work of the Spirit. I like the way the New Revised Standard says it. It says, all of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree to another. We are being transformed. And we are going to one step higher than the other. I call this the process of seeing glory. Interesting. Stay with me on this. Something happens. I got a revelation this week. I don't know about you, but when I look in the mirror, I go, good Lord, how did I get so old? It just happened. Quiet, Helen. Stay with me. Help me here. What did you say? One day, yes, I know. My brother said that to us. How did we land in the 60s, Keith? I said, well, because the 50s came before it. Anyway, um, some, you know, something happened. I, you look in the mirror, and what do you see? You see yourself, no matter whether you're, you're unkempt or whatever, because you just get out of bed or whatever. But you look in the mirror, and you see yourself. I used to read this scripture and go, when I look in the mirror, I see him. I don't think that's what that's saying. You know what it's saying? When I look in the mirror, I see him in me. Hang on. It says we see glory. I, I look in the mirror, and that's the last thing I see when I look in the mirror at home. I don't see glory. I see woe is me, not glory. No, no, no. Listen. If we look in the mirror of God's Word, we're going to see that we have already been made glorious. Listen to me. See, you'll, you'll find this anomaly. It looks like a contradiction. You'll find this anomaly in the Word of God. The Word of God says that when we trust in Christ, we are saved, right? But it also says in Romans, we are being saved. But it also says, one day we will be saved. So what is it? Am I saved? Am I being saved? One day will I be saved? Yes, and all of the above. And so the Word of God also says that one day you're going to look exactly like Him with no flaws but it also says that this day, this day, he called you and glorified you. It says in Romans 8.30, check it out. Those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. Stay with me. Here's the deal. Here's the amazing truth. God sees into your future and he sees that the process of glory is complete. So he stands above and beyond time. We're down here going, good Lord, look what I see in the mirror. And God's down here looking at you saying, look what I see. I see Jesus. I see glory. It's complete. And so here we are. We're trying to get into the presence of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is working. And he takes us to the mirror of this word. And he says, Keith, do you see yourself? You look like Jesus. Now, in my mind, I'm going, yeah, no. Nah. And he's going, 
Yes. And I've got to line up with this going, it's already happened. I just need the transformation to catch up with it. That's what he's saying here. Your future is sealed. It is complete. Because in Romans 1, 6, I am confident of this very thing. He who began the process of glory has already completed it. So we look into the mirror of the word and we see a process of glory taking place. I look at it and I go, God, I see all these things about me I don't like. And he goes, yeah, but I see things about my son in you that I do like. Yeah, I know it needs to get better, but it is. But I see that it has already been. You're just catching up. Catching up with what you are. Why? Because the process is not just seeing glory. The process is being changed for glory. He's transforming us into something altogether different than what we used to be. That's the deal. And it happens when we look in the mirror of his word. And when we do something, he says, here we are beholding, staring as in a mirror, reflecting. What am I reflecting? Not just me as I am, but him as he is in me and what I'm becoming. And as I'm doing that, I'm, I'm making sure that there is no veil. I'm coming with open face. You know what that says? If I'm going to do this, I'm going to come with total openness, nothing between me and God. You know what blocks our freedom? It's not the process of glory. It is we, we, get, we get guilty, we get ashamed, and we go, oh, God, I can't look. It just, it, 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 it's horrible. I feel guilty. I feel ashamed. You know what I did? If you will just strip that away with confession, you know what happens? Process keeps going. And you get changed from glory. It's interesting. It says this. In the original language, you are constantly, regularly being changed. This is not something that is a once-off, well, I got saved, that, that's it. And that's why God can say, you are glorified, you are being glorified. And one day, you will be totally glorified. God doesn't know the difference. Well, He does know, but He, he doesn't evaluate you according to your past, present, and future. He sees you in Christ as you are and will be. From glory to glory. But we've got to come with this openness and this transparency. And, and I like the way that Eugene Peterson puts it in the message version. That when the, the presence of the Spirit is there, there is nothing between us and God. That's the only time this process, when freedom comes to a, a halt for a bit, it's because there is something between me and God and it needs to be just stripped away. And I come with total openness and go, oh, God, you see me as I am. I can't hide anything from you. Change me. Man, that, boom, it just happens. I, I kind of like, you know, in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4 is, is an incredible book. It's Pastor Mel's favorite book. Um, Ephesians, more than any other book, Paul uses the phrase, in him, in Christ. 27 times in, in those four chapters, he uses that phrase. 27 times. So you think he's trying to get a message across. He's saying, I want to show you what life is like in him. In him, we have every spiritual blessing. You know, he just rattles these things off. And when you get to chapter 4, sorry, there's six chapters in, in uh, Ephesians. When you get to chapter 4, it's almost like 
he gives you a glimpse of living as Jesus would live in the more zone. Like, you, you, you don't just stop something, you do something even better. And he, he, gives his, he gives this list. I wish I could have time to unpack it with you. But he, he, in that list, it's almost like he goes, in your thinking, you go to a higher level. In your speaking, you go to a higher level. In your acting, the way you live, you go to a higher level. So in other words, in, in Ephesians 4.23, he says, let your attitude be totally made new by the Holy Spirit. And then when you jump through that, you say, when my attitude is new, I don't hate people, I forgive people, just like he forgave me. And then in, in speaking, he literally says, hey, stop, stop telling these little porkies to each other. Come on, that's, that's Aussie slang, isn't it? What's a porky pie? That's a lie. That's your strine, isn't it? Or does that come from your cockney background or whatever? I don't know. What is it? Anyway, por- what? Strine. Yeah, all right, that'll do. You know, it's just where I come from, they just say, you're a liar. They say, boy, liars are friars. You know that. You're going to hell. Anyway, um, <laughs> which is not true. But it's funny, he has to say to a spirit-filled people, stop speaking falsehood to each other. Christians not telling the truth to each other? Yes. Happened this morning when you came in. Somebody said, how are you? You went, good. What a lie. You're not good. Firstly, I know that biblically you're not good because the Bible says no one's good. And practically, I know you're not good because I saw what you did yesterday. No, no, I'm kidding. But he says, don't just stop telling falsehood to each other. Don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, he says in verse 29. But say things, it's not only helpful for people, but it builds them up according to not what you think they need, but what they need. He said, that's how people live in the more zone. They don't just, "Mm, mm." they literally begin to talk in ways that people are built up. And then in this acting zone, he, he uses this weird, wild one. In your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry. Christians get angry. Jesus got angry. I would have loved to have been there when he kicked their butts at the temple. That would have been awesome. You know, you know he's about to go to the cross, and they're about to abuse him and everything. So he has a moment where he goes, I'm going to show you something here. And he just turns over the tables and kicks the money changers out of the temple and stuff like that. Is, is it possible to be angry without sinning? Absolutely. Because he said, when you get angry, don't sin. Don't let sin into your relationship by anger, sitting, stewing, and turning into something that is, that is toxic. He said, but instead, forgive. Forgive. Don't let the sun go down before you forgive. Hey, that's living in the more, because most people sit and they stew on it and they go, they deserve everything I think about them. He said, no, forgive, forgive. And then he uses one that is really weird. You know, if you are taking something that doesn't belong to you called stealing, stop it. Stop it. Earn with your own hands. Now, here's the point you go, I wouldn't steal anything. Do you ever not work when your boss says you should work? Guys over at, I'll say this because it was Wyella, and I know they don't listen to me on podcasts anymore. They're still angry at me. Anyway, but guys used to come to church boasting about being on third shift. Yeah, I slept for five hours last night. I said, you did what? 
Oh, well, the boss, you know, as long as we get our quota done, the boss doesn't care if we sleep. I said, you just treated your boss out of five hours work. No, I didn't. I did my job. I did my quota. I said, you're a Christian. You should do above and beyond your quota. I said, imagine the boss walking by and seeing one, a, a, a person who claims to be a Christian asleep. And they're supposed to be working for the company. No wonder BHP doesn't exist anymore. A bunch of Christians sleeping on the job. In a funny way, that's called stealing. Okay. He said, stop stealing. Work with your own hands. But here's the more zone. Don't just earn what you need. Earn even more so you can give to people in need. That's a more zone. This is the kind of living that Paul says you need to kind of get into yourself in this process that you are going from glory to glory. You're not just meeting the standard, you're superseding the standard. Got it? And today, you know, we can come to God just as we are. We can come broken, we can come hurting, we can come struggling. But the deal is, we can't stay as we are. There's no excuse for that. Oh, God. Every time you come to God, oh, God, oh, God, I'm just broken. I think somewhere Jesus is going to go, no, you're not. I fixed you. I fixed you. You're healed. Now step into it. You know, come on. You can't stay the way you are because if you remove the mask and you remove the things between you and me, I'm changing you from one degree of good to better. So freedom's already ours. Freedom's this process that's constantly changing us. But one more point that emerges from this text, if you read it, and it's this, freedom will unlock your potential and that's the outcome of the Spirit at work in our lives. You know, you've got far more potential than what you're living in did you know that? Because God has destined you. Even in Psalm 84, my favorite psalm, it talks about even when they go through the valley of Baca, a dry place, a hard place, a place of weeping, they will go from strength to strength. You don't, you don't camp in the valley, you go through the valley. And, and, and going through the valley is the ironic way that God makes you strong. The Christian life is not void of valleys. As a matter of fact, the Christian life is made stronger through the valleys. And so stuff unlocks the potential. And, and I love the way the New Living says this in verse 18. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. All of us. You see it, you reflect it. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him. More and more like Him. Here's the deal. It's possible for us to be changed to become more like Him. That is your potential. Ever increasing, not decreasing. You are not destined for the less zone. You are destined for the more zone. You were recreated for more, not for less. Now, I believe there's an encounter here. Right here, right now. I believe there's this place, wherever you are at, that the Holy Spirit's ready to take you another step higher. I, I just believe that God is brooding over this place. I believe that there is something stirring in what's called the spiritual realm. Whether we see it or not, there are two realms that are in constant functional contact. There is this physical, tangible realm, and you go, well, that's real because I see it, taste it, touch it, feel it. 
But there is this other realm that is so real called the heavenlies or the spiritual realm where there's this constant interplay of powers and principalities and angelic and the Holy Spirit brooding. And it it sets the, the pace for what's about to come. And all of a sudden there becomes an open heaven because God says, I want to pour out my spirit right now. And I believe that's where we're at. We're in that place. I've seen it happen time and time. I'm not saying this because I read it in a book. I'm saying this because I've seen it happen time and time again where people will come and they'll come with transparency and openness and say, Oh, God, oh, God, in spite of stuff in my world, I'm here with an open face. I'm beholding glory. I'm seeing your glory. I'm reflecting your glory. And I know I'm being changed by that glory right here right now by a work of your spirit. I'm not telling you what it might look like, but I'm telling you it will happen. Because it could look different for each one of us if you are willing, if you are wanting, if you are hungry, if you want to be like him. Come on, let's stand our feet. I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come. I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to do in these next few minutes what I could never do in a thousand sermons. And I'm telling you, visions, prophetic, prayer. I believe this, the stage was set even before we got here this morning. The key to this right now is your openness, your hunger, your faith to say, I just simply believe it. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. It's a Holy Spirit come. I don't pray that because I don't think you're here. I pray that because I know you want to increase the measure of your presence. You want to increase the activity of your work. You want to increase the transformation. God, this is one of those moments together that we will never have alone. We might not ever have this moment again, but we have it right now. And it's a moment where your spirit wants to move in power and glory. Our hands are stretched out, God, because we say we're open, we surrender, and we want more. God, I say it again, we want more. So Holy Spirit, you've been preparing, you've been brooding. God, you've even sent messengers to secure this and battle for this on our behalf. So right now, I declare in the name of Jesus, lives are going to be touched, even physically, tangibly, powerfully, right now in the name of Jesus. Lives are going to be impacted by your truth and by your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. 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 There's a fresh anointing this morning. There is a greater degree of power this moment. There is a breakthrough that people have been begging for, but is here right now. There is a freedom that goes beyond any bondage that we have ever experienced in this moment together. This is your house. This is your moment. God, you're touching lives right now. You're touching lives right now. You are touching lives right now. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. 
on you right now. I believe people right now are getting a vision of what God sees about you. You haven't seen it before. It's one of these moments where it almost takes your breath away. Something you thought you would never see until you get to heaven. As a matter of fact, your mind has told you over and over, don't worry about that. You won't have that until you get to heaven. I'm telling you here and now, God is giving you a vision of it right here, right now. Just receive it. Just receive it. There's some of you who have issues in your world that's caused you to be broken, and you thought this was going to be your Jacob's limp until the day you get to heaven. In other words, this is my Achilles heel. I will have to live with this till one day I get to heaven. I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit is revealing to you, you don't have to live with this. You don't have to live with this. There is freedom. There is freedom. There is freedom in this moment for you. Change is coming upon you. You're going to walk out of here looking, living, acting different than when you came in. Just let the Holy Spirit move on you. Come on, we can breathe this just for a moment. Because when He begins to breathe and He begins to move, things begin to happen that we can never orchestrate. Just let Him move. Let Him move. Let Him have His way. Surrender. Surrender. Trust Him. Trust Him. Trust Him. Now I want to do this. Keep your eyes closed. If the Holy Spirit has said something specific to you, He has shown something to you, He is doing something in you right now. And we're going to do this because this is, a, this is an exercise of kind of like I'm stepping in obedience and I'm going to see it happen and it's going to be tangible and real because sometimes it's that physical act that seals it. That's why he said, if you will confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. He didn't say just believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. You will be saved. So right now with this moment, if you will do something, whatever the Holy Spirit is doing in you will be sealed and it will be magnified in Jesus' name. I want you to put both hands up high. If the Holy Spirit is showing you something, if He is moving on you in a certain way, if He is breaking something off your world, put both hands up in the air high right now, right now right now. Father, increase it. Increase it. Increase it. Whatever you're doing, showing visions, breaking off chains, healing bodies, tearing down strongholds, whatever you're doing right now, in Jesus' name, increase it. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, release your power. You said, let there be glory in the church. Well, we're the church. Let there be glory here right now. Just like it is in Christ Jesus throughout every generation. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We receive it. We receive it. We thank you for it. Thank you for this moment.
God, it's just a moment that leads to a day, a day that leads to a week, a week that leads to a month, a month, a year, and a year, a lifetime. And in this lifetime, God, we declare according to your word, we are being transformed from glory to glory. Absolutely free, free indeed, in Jesus' name. someone here this morning and a lot of what Pastor Keith's been talking about sounds fantastic but you know in and of yourself you don't really have a relationship with Jesus maybe you've never begun a relationship with him or maybe you had one and, and you've really walked away from your relationship with him and you feel like there's this cavern and this distance and just you're not connecting with him at all as we close the service, I would love to pray for you down the front, just as, as people are moving out. You just make a moment and just pause and say to one of the pastors, I would love for you to pray with me. Whether or not it's for, for you to begin a relationship with Jesus, we would love to pray with you for that, that you might receive the forgiveness that He freely has for you this morning. Or maybe just to, to reinitiate, rebegin, or, or, or find again that relationship that you, that you had with Him. We would love to pray with you. Please do not leave our service this morning without making that uh, something that happens for you. Uh, but for everyone else, I'm so thankful that you are here. I'm so thankful that God moved in your life. We're going to come to a close. Can I encourage you? Why don't you have a coffee with someone? Why don't you share a little bit about maybe what God began to do in you? And as a church, we can be journeying this, this freedom, this glory to glory together. Don't hold it to yourself by testimony. There's power attached to it, telling someone, hey, man, God showed me this. It's crazy. Uh, and someone can pray with you, walk with you, have coffee with you this week. But church, have a fantastic week. Thanks for being here. We'll see you later. Cheers. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.